I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hold on, girl. Let your feet move free because you move to the groove of, of vanilla I-C-E. You come here to rock and let the white boy rap. If you a hoe, get off my lap. Because ice stands for being so cold. That's a nickname I got for being so bold. Jerome stands for MPA, my personal assistant, every day. I'm not an MC who comes here to play. Yo, boy, I'm serious. I'm going all the way. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Test Podcast. Your host, Rod, and... Yeah, that sounds like an old school rap right there. Who wrote that? Vanilla ICE. He said it in the second line of the rap. Okay, I'm about to say, yeah, that sounds like a... A very old school. I mean, I know it's Vanilla Ice, but you know, mm. just that cadence is just that really slow cadence where you know you pronunciated your words very clearly, and everybody understood what you were saying. Yeah, and he was talking about Jerome, his assistant. I mean, that's pretty. It's about as wide as you can get. Ah, <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, rapping about your assistant. Uh, that was the second verse of "Go Ill." probably had thrown the tape into the trash by this point but oh yeah 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 just that beat right there i don't know yeah. if i ever made it to this this song this part no i didn't make it to this song yeah i tapped that way before this i you know when ice ice baby i was out and ice ice they probably ain't on the cd Back in the day when you had to rap, you had to spell your name a lot. Oh, yeah. That Everybody had to know. Skill. The V, the A, the N, the I, the yeah. L, L, A. Nowadays, I'd be like, how do you spell that? Um, what's their name? Yeah. Uh, who is that? A lot of spelling to fill up bars back in the day. They don't do it so much, you know. No. Now, you know, you don't really hear songs where it's like the D, the R, the A, the K, the E. It's Drake in the morning. You know, it's no, like. A, because I don't think a lot of them know how to spell. And B, mm. I also think uh most people don't care people are like who is that i don't know little somebody okay that's who we going with you also can't do that anymore <clears throat> just have like two dudes in the background saying the same thing over and over oh no uh that, that those days are gone like you used to go cheaply make a chorus now you gotta go hire an r&b singer to sing between each you know each verse and uh it's got to be somebody with a name it's like oh yeah we got janae aiko doing motherfucking uh the chorus to my song <laughs> i had to fly her out from brazil or some shit you can't <laughs> just, you can't just have two dudes that oh, hang no. out with you all the time in the background being like go on now rod go on now rod <laughs> go on now rod put that shit on repeat and call it an album yeah that shit is done Uh, if you're a hoe, get off of his lap. But what kind of girl is sitting on his lap? 
on the regular you know what i mean like that's true what and kind of girls is vanilla ice really into letting sit on his lap only good girls or you know like a girl from church you know i, I don't know and if i'm a hoe ain't my job is to get you to separate from your money mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten that's sitting on your lap this is my favorite line jerome stand for mpa my personal assistant why did this make the round ah! why did this that's oh this is pre siri this is the this is of course but this has got to be the <laughs> whitest rap ever like no uh, no black rapper would ever be like this stands for my mpa my personal assistant like nobody would that's what that. i had to say because people like what what the hell is that he make up a new acronym right and doris it's my house cleaner <laughs> my mexican maid her daughter named nina i feel like every black dude that hung out with him <laughs> was secretly laughing at how whack this shit was of it was like, oh my God, he in there rapping again. This shit is terrible. Why didn't y'all tell him it was bad? As long as he keep buying the weed, it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll get in there and do our part. Go, ill, go, ill. Get on up. This, this this is one thing i do miss about rap like he's bragging on how much he can make you dance like that that i wish that could come back because oh, like yeah, cause now everybody's bragging on how much they'll kill you how much you ain't shit they'll fuck your girl you ain't got no money they got all the money yeah like nobody really <clears throat> gets on the mic anymore it's like and i'll make you move to a stone groove like yeah, nobody's gonna say that shit anymore because it's too corny not only that back then years ago people dance now when you go to a lot of parties they stand on the wall and look at each other and you're like this is not a fucking party to me to stand around if i want to stand around and look at y'all i could have stayed at home for free this is definitely two of his high boys and they get them Okay, none of those lines went with each other, but Oh okay. no. He gonna, didn't care. You gonna spew that slime, kick a rhyme, it's a crime. I don't know I don't know what he's talking about there. It don't even matter in his mind. He's trying to fill them bars up, sir, that's all that matters. I'll make you scream like you're in between. What does that in mean? In between what bread? In between what right. sheets? <laughs> what are we in between buildings? Right. In between jobs? I don't know. <laughs> you don't like Sega? Well, that's the end of this. 
<laughs> I know. Enough. I can't fuck with nobody that don't like Sega. Well, this is the Black Altus Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Radio, Podomatic. It's the feedback show. We do it every Saturday. Uh, where we read your reviews, your emails, your comments on the website, your votes in our polls. Um, thank you to everybody that does take the time out to do all of those things. Yes. Get your voice heard on the show. Um, couldn't do these shows without you guys, literally. No, we couldn't. Um, if we had no feedback, I would be out doing something else. Um, uh, the official weapon of the show is... The Taser. An unofficial sport. It's Bullet Ball. And Bullet Ball Extreme. Mm-hmm. And uh, today's podcast is uh actually brought to you by people who donated uh let's go down the list we actually had a lot of donations in the last couple of weeks i guess tax returns are coming in for people people wanted to celebrate karen's birthday so they sent us money thank you lewis e jr said for your hard work thanks folks one-time donation another one-time donation from uh zahir O, who says happy birthday karen thank you sweetie uh remy w recurring donation chandra g yes chandra g recurring donation cedric the entertainer w hit us with a recurring donation tawana j thank you sweetie recurring donator uh antonio says i'm back in this thing thanks for all the content so that i could get through my florida vacation and vacation recovery over the past three weeks antonio thanks man thank you sweetie that was a one-time donation gerard gerard l Hit us with a one-time uh, recurring donation. I'm sorry. Don't no no shake. Thank you so much, Gerard. Um, Damian Jackson. Ooh, I, I am for real. Recurring donation. Terry W. Hit us with that recurring. One-time donation from my man Dwight R. Dwight, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric M. Recurring donation. And Michael Irvin, Playmaker, hit us with that recurring donation. Thank y'all so much. Everybody took time out to donate this week. Yes, and thank you. Thank you for all the uh, birthday wishes. I will be taking those until I go back to work on Monday. So if you're a little late and behind and you feel like wishing me a happy birthday, the, the doors are still open to the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have um, <clears throat> five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher um let's get in here and read some of these okay let's do this uh we have <clears throat> five star reviews on itunes we read them regardless of content as long as you leave us five stars okay mm-hmm. uh let us know what country you're from because we can't read it unless we know what country you're from that's true um let's see uh did i um oh okay here's the here's the new ones we got three new ones. The hits keep on coming five stars by special ops underscore. It's almost two years in and the greatness continues. I found out about the show in 2012 through Dan Levitard and Bomani Jones and never looked back since. 2012? Really? I don't think, was Bo down with Dan in 2012? Either way. I don't know. That's dope. I clear it is. And never looked back since. Karen is a gem, but I have no idea why she thinks Wesley Pipes is a great actor though. Weird. <laughs> Rod is insightful. But he's a huge fan of Drake, so that clouds his judgment sometimes. I get it. That's what happened when you're a fan, right? If you haven't subscribed yet, you're missing out. Love y'all. Why have you guys know that I'm not bothered by anyone who uses Drake to troll me? Because it just means more Drake fans are going to listen to the show and be horrified to find out that I hate him. So Yes. Uh, can't get enough five stars by MTF3 or MTF the third. 
this show is a delight you never know what you're going to get from each episode but it's always going to be funny rod and karen and the extended tbgwt podcast family are always worth listening to it makes you laugh cry and write think pieces about the scourge of think pieces and swords <laughs> fresh day after day this is the pot this is the podcast to subscribe to and the premium podcasts are twice as good thank you very much thank you sweetie oh four soldier writes five stars smiley face and his uh review is smiley face i like that short and simple told y'all mm-hmm. y'all didn't, didn't, didn't need to be complex you don't gotta write a long ass Mm-mm. uh critique you we'll read just... your emoticons if we know what they mean mm-hmm. um we had three new ones also on stitcher radio five stars black butterfly says tbgwt is addictive three stars i usually listen to your show at work but today was my first day tuning into your live show i'm pumped did you say three stars i said five you said three i meant to say five okay i'm about to say three, three stars. I, I, I thought i said this? three exclamation points oh okay i'm about to say no we're not reading no three star review yeah sorry about that tbgwt is addicted three exclamation points uh <clears throat> i usually listen to your show at work but today will be my first time tuning into one of your live shows i'm pumped Came across the show a few months ago and have not missed the episode since. Just wanted to, just to show some love and thank you guys for the constant laughs. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Black Butterfly. Uh, you, we sweetie. appreciate the five star review. People like you are the reason that our show is, you know, becoming pop, top 100 overall shows on Stitcher. Uh, five stars from B Smith who says, a new favorite. Rod and Karen always make my day. I started listening earlier this year and I'm hooked. I love their take on current events, pop culture, and news about idiots with swords. I'm not ashamed to say that I like that I laugh like a hyena every time we play guess the race. Man, is that chat room a racist? Uh, I mean, racist. <laughs> that, no, that, that sound sound right. A racist. You said it right the first time. Great show and keep up the funny. Five stars from H Town Will who says TBGWT Nation stand up. One of my favorite and go to podcasts. If you are not listening, you're missing lots of great insight and humor thank you very much man appreciate all y'all that thank left five star you. reviews this week keep leaving those five star reviews on itunes and uh stitcher radio guys uh we also have comments on the episodes and in the polls episode 671 dress wearing fathers is a pretty long feedback show almost two hours uh where uh we talked about a bunch of stuff uh name somebody brought up dresses we had a couple people leave some very long voicemails i couldn't play all of them um it was just too long but um we did have a poll <clears throat> because chill and leonard brothers had a, a basically a fight on the air a battle an argument debate yes. um and uh you know things got pretty heated um so we made it to poll who won the debate chill or leonard brothers chill <clears throat> or leonard brothers chill got 36 percent, which means Leonard Brothers got 64% of the vote, and he was declared the the winner winner. of the, yes. KJ Dollars, well, actually, no, Miss Christabel says, sorry, Leo, sisters before misters, bras over bros, (laughs) breasties over testies, chicks before dicks, black feminists unite, uh, hashtag, chill voice, one love, peace out, hugs and kisses, Miss Christabel. Well, I mean, more men than women might listen to our show. So, you know, if we just go by straight up gender, you know, that then did everybody joins their gender, what if what if that means chill loses? Think about it, Miss Christopher. Uh, KJ Dollar says, I had to comment for the first time behind this episode. Wait, this is the first time? 
wow that's this you know that's hardcore like something brought him out and it was just fight yeah it's like i've been sitting back and watching for a long time but i finally had to say something after that argument i don't care about the controversial segment song gay issues mm-hmm. black issues mm-hmm. but a fight between linda brothers and chill i got to speak on that I had to comment for the first time on this episode. I was rolling from the argument Leonard Brothers and Chill were having. Definitely nominated this one for best argument. Good job, you two. By the way, I love you, Chill, but L Brothers won this argument. Well, the people agree with you. 64% of the people say. Yes, they do. That Chill lost the fight. So Yes. We had episode uh, 672. We are against rape and murder. We had actress Lily Allen on. We didn't even get to play. Uh, guest race or anything just talk mm. about some pretty heavy deep issues had a and, good time uh, with her yeah she fit right in it was a cool conversation april mt says uh in regards to behavior slash interactions between talent and background actors on set in my experience karen is more on target at least for california productions these limitations are mostly dictated by the studio and or director it's not really about protecting the talent it's about the union regulations and managing time slash money Shooting time is very expensive. Mostly everyone involved is union, and if they go over, the costs and penalties can be severe. They try to keep shooting going until forced to stop. It's the production assistants who are cracking the whip at both talent with limits and background. I am not saying that there are not some talent out there who are full of shit. There is occasionally a celebrity on set who is feeling themselves strong. Still, most are very open and engaging, but they know they are at work, and this that is the priority. <clears throat> A production set is like any other workspace. The talent is on the clock just like everyone else. What could look like downtime may actually be preparation for the next scene. So if they don't want to talk at the moment, it's not personal. As for celebrity writer, oh, for the record, let me just say, um, my point is not that like there's like that there should be like this ruleless set and everybody's walking up talking to the rock and hanging out in this tra- trailer. I'm not saying that. But I mean, I think there's some people that go above and beyond. And when you put stuff in your writer, like, or in your set rules, like no one is allowed to chew gum around J-Lo. I think that goes above and beyond. And that's what I think is bullshit. Like, I think that's the actor, not something that they put in there to see if, you know, the setup was going to be right. And or people pay attention to details. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't think it was. Okay. I think that that person specifically is an asshole. And you can tell by that writer, you know. Uh, if it's if it was somebody that just says I want chocolate M and M's, I get that. But if it's you know what I mean. But if it's somebody that's like, um, when she is on the set, she will be referred to as Mrs. Lopez, and there will be no eye contact. It's like no, uh-uh. you're 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 just a bitch. No, no, no. Don't put that on the producers. Don't put that on the you know the the people who regulate the set. Like that, you specifically put some stuff in there above and beyond the your typical you know um this person is a star let's be respectful of that you know that's my opinion anyway as for celebrity writers most talent isn't even involved in that process it's usually the assistants and managers they're the ones sitting in the room eating green m&ms or sipping on cristal while the talent is working they claim they do it to make sure the venue read the writer yeah whatever the talent is barely in the room they arrive in time for hair and makeup and they leave right after crap rap the talent will usually grab something that off craft services like everyone else. This has been my observations on LA sets. Things could be different in other production uh, areas. Well, I appreciate the insight. And, Me too. You know, uh, you, you might be right about, you know, some of the stuff they put in writers, although 
i've heard celebrities and bands directly address it as like this is why we do it um because if you don't put green m&ms in the bowl then the chances of you setting up the actual audio the way we want it to be set up to perform is probably low because you don't pay attention to details Mm -mm. and that wasn't from like their managers that was directly from different bands that i've heard on different podcasts and interviews but i understand what you're saying you know uh, everybody has different experiences and i've never been on the set uh, so I get you. Yeah, and when I and you know when I do be on the set, I like peanut M and M's for those out there. Just let you know, give you a heads up. That's gonna be on my right. For the uh, <laughs> Karen's a diva. For the poll, it was actors and their rules on the set. Who was right, Rod or Karen? Of course, everybody sided with me. Sixty-seven percent of people realized <laughs> I was the one who was right. Mm-hmm. So uh, looks like you and uh, the person that just wrote in both wrong. Uh, I'll accept apologies. Either any form you want to give them. <clears throat> Karen, 33% Mm-mm. of people agree with you. And? 04 Soldier says, I believe Rod is right on this one. These actors may feel some sort of entitlement for reaching this normally unattainable status of celebrity, but that doesn't give them the right to treat people as less than dogs. Yeah. Um, and I specifically, like I said, certain, certain items and things I'm, that, that, that I think are above and beyond. Like I said, no eye contact no chewing gum not and not like no chewing gum when the cameras are rolling like if i walk up and someone's chewing that gum what if i i might think they trying to like smirk at me or something it's like what the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you you're insane yeah like the, just let people be themselves don't be mean to people you won't think everybody's talking shit about you that's true now uh we had episode uh 673 hashtag cancel tbgwt uh uh, we discussed a bunch of stuff, April Fools, all kinds of uh, crap like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we had comments. Uh, black, uh, pe- per- I mean, actually, I think we discussed Sui Park on this one too, and Cancel Colbert, and mm-hmm. Jamila uh, Lemieux, I believe is her name. Um, so we talked about a bunch of stuff. Prince LeVron says, black people have lashed on to the Black Jeopardy skit like I have. Like I have ever seen them attack something before. I made a comment that I thought it was hilarious and immediately started catching shade. The most popular being that I should be ashamed of supporting the self-deprecating, the self-deprecation of African-Americans for the enjoyment of white people. They called the skit the 2014 version of the Minstrel Street. Uh, and they were not kidding. I started to make a counterpoint, but decided that those niggas were not worth the response. I just don't live, live a value. I just don't let, wait i just don't evaluate every decision in my life based on how it will be perceived by white people lastly when keenan was naming categories he almost said if that was a nigga instead of if that was me but he caught himself imagine what would happen if he would have slipped um that would have been funny um but uh yeah man i you know i think you know the skit was funny i do too um so you know i i get that not everybody's gonna agree um but what are you gonna do you know i mean like uh you don't have to agree with me and we don't have to see eye to eye on that but i thought it was uh really really good um very funny i think people get a little bit too caught up in respectability politics Mm -hmm. and this idea that black people need to be a monolith and we need to always present our best most respectable view of ourselves in public because like we don't have flaws and yeah we don't have issues because god forbid anyone laugh at us or that we be the butt of any joke or god forbid that we talk about race at all because the white man might be looking and we should all be ashamed of ourselves 
and uh i don't i don't subscribe to that I you know i think our, our culture like any other culture is multifaceted we have some things that we can laugh at and it doesn't mean that we're bad people it doesn't mean that uh like that's like i think if if your idea of black entertainment is this there always has to be some type of lesson or message around it then you're not really about equality either no and in many ways you feel that our culture and our people are inferior if your whole your some if your your total opinion of us is shh don't talk about that because white people might be listening then you think our culture is inferior and you're ashamed of us. And I can't I can't deal with that. I, I can't either. And also it's one of those things to where it's funny as long as it's internal. Like like internally we can pick and joke and laugh and talk about the issues. But don't you dare take this outside our community. It's like a lot of the jokes we have are based in facts and realities about some really, really fucked up shit. And it's just one of those things where even though it's in a joking manner, these are still real issues that need to be talked about and addressed. And you and um, just because it's not in a uh, black power fist up Afro, you know, type of angry rage manner, it, it don't mean it can't be discussed through a jokeful manner. And I have an issue with that. Yeah, it's very weird that people I, I just think you're not my type of person mm-hmm. if if your whole thing is how can i stop the fun on this or have we thought about why this is funny and should we be laughing like i'm just not that kind of person um if you want to have a serious discussion about societal ills we can separate that from humor and also i just didn't feel the skit was that embarrassing the other thing i don't like is black people want to have it both ways mm-hmm. it's another example of us trying to catch trying to get the benefits of everything you get mad you boycott the show you get you bitch about the fact that hey they don't have any black people on the show they get a black woman on the show now they have a few black males they have a black woman they write a skit about an experience of color um using you know probably written by the two black writers that they just hired for the Mm -hmm. first time ever two black female writers and you guys shit on that too because how dare we do that? Whereas if this was on in living color, you guys would have had no problem with it. You know, if this is Cedric the Entertainer skit, you guys would have had no problem with it. But yet somehow, because it's on SNL, it changes completely. Um, you know, which is just another part of this, you know, weird ass, uh, shift in culture that people are trying to force upon everybody that I'm just not playing. I'm fighting against. I don't like this idea that only certain people can make certain jokes only certain audiences can get certain jokes and only uh and only and comedy only counts if it's from certain people about certain issues fuck that if it's funny it's funny the shit was funny deal with it or watch something else you know pick up the remote you know you're not gonna get snl canceled nothing nothing can get them canceled bad ratings can get them canceled no and they've been your having twitter campaign for years yeah your twitter campaign is not gonna be the one to do it but if that makes you feel better Go, go do that. <clears throat> Lena writes in. So I was one of the individuals who jumped on the hashtag I stand with Suey Park hashtag. I was reacting more to the racism, death threats, and rape threats that were being thrown her way. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think everybody is, was against that, right? Um, mm-hmm. after reading articles and seeing her real position on cat hashtag cancel Colbert trend, I feel like I've been played big time. Yeah, we there's another article that came out where someone like interviewed her. It's honestly too long to read, but she comes off like a five percenter. And if you haven't had any uh experience with a five percenter, 
they're basically the dudes who get high outside of your dorm room and talk about the government and racism and conspiracies and, incense. and then try to sell you some nag champa or some black line incense mm-hmm. uh two for a dollar before you can leave um but like it was she just sounds like and i'm not trying to be joke i'm not i'm really not even making a joke here and i honestly i'm not a psychologist or nothing i'm not i don't know but just in my personal experience she just sounds like somebody that might need help you know what i mean somebody that probably needs to like sit down and talk to somebody or be on be medicated or something because like she was doing that thing where her quotes were all over the place and it was not like this person has some type of agenda where it's like now let me make her look stupid like these are big huge blocks of text where it's like clearly she let this woman speak for a while and she would change topics she would be completely uh, like contradicting herself and it was you know i don't want to say insane i don't want to throw that around but i just think that she sounded like somebody that was not uh she was not able to be um uh, she wasn't she had no self-awareness of the fact that like what i'm saying doesn't make sense sometimes okay. and I, I think i think you know when you don't have that a lot of times you know th- those are people that might have some sort of issue where you're just like okay and it's funny because people f- feed into this stuff because these hashtags can be empowering there's a ton of camaraderie built around this social media yes it is nobody wants to bring that part up i i, I bring it up all the time but you know, the same way I feel awesome when you guys use our hashtag to talk about our show. I think it's sweet. It's dope. You know, people are sitting around here like I'm enjoying this show hashtag. And it's like I have a column on my tweet deck where I can see that. Yeah, me too. Well, there's a lot of camaraderie built around that. Hey, what is TBGWT? What is this podcast? You know, okay. Or, hey, you're using the hashtag. I saw someone retweet it. I'm using it. I didn't know you listened to the show. Now there can be a friendship built there. I've seen that too. Well, it's very similar except people are playing this with politics and now yes. it's i stand with so-and-so a hashtag cancel this hashtag this that or the other and people are building and bonding friendships well that's that's awesome but there's also the uh, the downside of that which is at what point does the social aspect of social media overtake the activism part of it and you just go well i don't care if it's a goof i don't care if she's wrong i don't care if she if i disagree with her if all my friends are using the hashtag, I got to use the hashtag and I'll come up with a way to explain it later. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. I feel like it happened where a lot of people went, oh, she wasn't serious. And they just got real quiet because how dare they speak out against her or how dare they say she played us or how dare they say anything negative because they've been shitting on anyone who had any questions about this woman for the better part of a week now Mm -hmm. so they can't turn around and do it themselves or they they would feel like hypocrites but to me they look like hypocrites for always wanting to ride on somebody but not being like okay suey that was kind of fucked up yeah yeah and just yeah and it's just one of those things that um i mean i guess for me the the problem that i have with it is that it's obvious and she said that there's things wrong with her and there could be people that have, you know, mental issues and, and have all these things going on that can have logical thought processes and can uh, stand behind their perspective and make sense. But she's already came out and says, well, I just say fucked up shit just because the crazier I act, 
the more attention I know is going to get me. So <coughs> she's already said she really don't give a fuck about what she's putting out in the atmosphere and what she's saying. And so then you put microphones in her face, you um, interview her, and she just comes out even... It just shows why... Uh, but how can I say it? When you do this, it just confirms in me the fact that I think that she is... Uh, has mental capabilities and she but, has mental capabilities, I mean, not capabilities mental mental um issues mm. and it's just one of those things like you say she, in her mind she can't see how what she's saying did all this damage out in the social media but in her mind it wasn't a big thing and when if and, you can't connect that to something wrong and more telling to me isn't even the fact that she's kind of off of it a little bit or She's more of a provocateur than an actual activist. I mean, yes, it's you know, it's so like to me, the article is so full of like self-aggrandizement, like full. Like if this was Kanye West, all these people that are supporting her would be like, fuck this person. They're they're full of themselves. But because she's a young woman, it's like, this is awesome. We're feminists. Yay. Um, But I, I literally had people arguing with me this week and that would say, I don't know what she's trying to say. Like they'll be if she if I if she's saying what I think she might be trying to say, you don't even know, and that's my only point. That's not effective communication. And it's not like any true activist would do this. Like Martin Luther King never boycotted a bus line on a goof. Hey guys, I was just fucking around. That bus is actually okay. I just, I'm a fan of that bus. I take that bus every day. I just wanted to see if y'all could understand the context of hyperbole. You know, and she said, I called four friends and told them I'm, I'm going to hyperbole this or whatever that's supposed to mean. And it's like, in, I didn't see four people online fighting. I saw a ton of people mm-hmm. and they didn't, still, they weren't, they weren't taking it as hyperbole. No. And they probably still fighting to today. Yeah. And nobody read, read these, uh, read these other articles. Nobody, uh, paid any attention. It was like, I'm taking this and I'm running with it. But yet when people read these articles and educate themselves and try to find out what they, what she's talking about, you have other people arguing. He's like, well, did you read the articles? No. But then why the fuck are we talking? Did, did you know, did, no. And you're like, this is a f- not, this conversation is going nowhere. Cause obviously you don't care anything about the facts. So why are we talking? Yeah. And just, you know, when you start throwing around, you know, who cares about context and shit like that? It's like, well, can, can I honestly support this bullshit? You know, who cares? What I care about context. Everybody does. Yeah, it's kind of the linchpin of humor. And then she started talking about she's a comedian. Like, this is a ton of stuff where it just keeps looking worse and worse. And I want to give a props to Lena because she's one of the only people I actually saw go, yeah, I was riding for her. And now this is not like I feel kind of played. And I think if more people are willing to admit that, I actually would be cooler with more people. But. Mm-hmm. Instead, I just kind of wrote a lot of people off this week where I'm like, what the fuck does it take? Because to me, you might as well be a goddamn Republican if this is the level of like riding for some idiocy that you got. Like if this because Republicans do this shit all the time. Yes, they do. When Ann Coulter says something so goddamn ridiculous and you're like, obviously, no one's going to defend this. Right. And then you see people just go, you know, I just have nothing to say about it. I mean, it's not my place. And you're like, but then it's your place to call out. 
it, you thought it was your place to call out Colbert. You thought it was your place to call out other people that are Republicans on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You think it's your place to call out Fox News. You think it's your place to do all this other shit, to, to harass GOP black chick, to go after uh, Ashy B or whatever. But then when it comes to some shit like this, where if you're a real friend to somebody, it's okay to tell them they're wrong, in my opinion. And you're like, it's not my place. Then fuck you. You're not you're not really a friend anyway. Yeah, I, I don't want a friend like that. I like my friends to be people that are like, yeah, when you said this, what, what did you mean? And we can actually have a conversation about it. And if they think I'm wrong, we can both, even if we disagree, we can both come to a conclusion like, okay, we disagree about that. I'm not going to throw you in the trash, but we don't agree. Yeah, yeah. And also, I guess for me personally, uh, me, you have, we, you talked about this. I'm getting to the point now that when I see those hashtags, I'm just going to let them float down my timeline. Shit, I'm muting them. Yeah, because. I'm not even joking. Like, I don't, if yeah. you're involved in that shit, I don't want to see it. No. Like, I'm, I've already, uh, done, I've already taken some steps on my, social media to get those people up out of my timeline where i don't see them yeah um but i'm taking it the extra step if i do see that kind of idiocy uh curling up again i'm done with it online advocacy seems like um passe when, once you start seeing people campaigning just for the idea of campaigning yes i can't keep going with it because now i'm enabling you you know like i need to know that when i see this shit on my timeline if you want to fashion yourself as some type of activist that it actually has meaning behind it and when someone says something like, no, I've been using you for a week. I need to see you go. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. Don't do that. Instead, it's popularity games. I just want to be popular like it's fucking high school. So I'm not going to say anything to you. Well, shit, if I want a high school, I can go hang out at the high school. You know, I'm a grown ass adult. I'm out of high school now. I'm done with high school antics. Leave that shit behind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things that makes me mad. It makes me upset. And I'm like, I can't support it no more because it's one of those things where, especially if it's something behind that I believe and I, and I stand for and you be like, you know what? I was joking. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, so she says, um, after reading articles and seeing her real position on cancel Colbert trend, I kind of, I feel like I've been played big time while I don't support those who want to silence and threaten their voice. Obviously, I don't support people who manipulate others so cavalierly. That's my point. You know what I mean? Like, I, why can't I bring up this side and not be lumped in with rapists and murderers and shit? Why can't I just go, hey, I don't think people should be threatening her, but I also don't think I need to have to listen to her or support her or be like, well, she's just 23. I don't have to do any of that. It's not my responsibility to give her a platform. It's sophomoric and reckless at the very least. Lesson learned. Twitter may bring to light issues that aren't mentioned in the mainstream media. Hashtag activists are bullshit prima donnas who are piggybacking on serious causes and derailing them to gain more followers and attention. I can't support anybody who styles themselves as such. Yeah. Like, honestly, man, the more I see of it, the more I'm leaning towards, okay, this ain't about any cause. It's more about you, your brand, and your profile at the end of the day. It's what's going to get me on MSNBC, what's going to get me um, uh, writing uh, writing posts or articles or editorials for different sites. And once they get that, they're satisfied. Yeah, and there are some people out there who I see who do this, and they are reasonable, they're rational, they're logical, and okay. But for the most part, most of us like that, and because and, a lot of people, it's not about their causes. It's more about being famous. You know who I think about a lot when this shit goes down, man? And, uh, you know, I never really say much because she doesn't say much. But I think about June from Harlem. Mm-hmm. 
you know like she really in these streets doing shit i don't see her on twitter just running out there and now obviously you know she she said when she was on our show like hey and back in my day i used to go out there and just kind of rah 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 so maybe it's because she's like more calmed down and shit but yeah. also probably because she's more busy like she yeah, actually she has shit, shit to, to do. do yeah like she, she like she know a hashtag not gonna actually solve these issues so she's got to actually get out there and put in the manpower work you know <clears throat> and I, I think i think that's somebody that i'm always kind of like keeping an eye on and when you see you know all these hashtags and shit you don't see her in the middle of that shit trying to get a whole uh well let's retweet this a million times she's like man what the fuck is that gonna do i i i got to go out here and really talk to a mother or a child or some right. shit like that y'all can do that you know but for, as far as i'm concerned i gotta do this and it's one of those things where the definition of activist has changed and i think the and i guess the old school definition of activist action is in that and the new school definition of activist is action in that, but the action is not the same. Yeah, action is hitting inner. Yes. Kyle says, Sui Park versus Lupe Fiasco in a debate for the ages. How many buzzwords will get thrown around? Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, when I was reading her, late, the latest article involving her, it was amazing because I swear like every three sentences, at least she hits a buzzword. It's crazy. Like, listen to this one. So what do you want from this conversation? I want to hit the irony and inability of the left to deal with their own racism. I think as a result of the white ally industrial complex, what is the white ally industrial complex? I was about to complex? ask you, what does that mean? What, like, this literally sounds like some of 5% would say. Industrial complex of the white ally. So now they've industrialized it, monetized it, and now it's white people getting paid to be allies well somebody tell tim wise to calm the fuck down because he's getting paid a little too much <laughs> um and you know it's all organized from the top down as an industry for too long people of color have been asked to censor whiteness they have been asked to educate their oppressor they have been asked to use the right tone and appease their politics in order to be heard and ever to just contribute to the self-improvement of white allies there are oftentimes just racist so i think it's kind of like pulling a blanket off the facade of prevent progressivism. There was a blanket on top of the facade. Ah, trying to stay hid. It forces people to deal with those conversations about race that go beyond microaggression and that go beyond being politically correct. So what it means to what it means to uproot racism in its entirety. In this case, do you think that the Colbert report itself is oppressive or just a specific joker comment was oppressive? Neither. Oh my god so what why did this start again okay anyway um so yeah those are the comments on episode 673 we had a poll do you think hashtag activism has officially jumped the shark yes it's like because that was my thing it was like to me this is my moment where i'm off of it mm -hmm. me too like wow. you, people can continue to do it obviously i'm not gonna stop them but mm -mm. this is my like the fact that there was no pushback from people who were obviously used yes. obviously misled who ran out or just ran with this and there's no like god damn it suey why'd you put us through this there's just none of that coming back from them um that is enough for me to be like okay i don't need to support any of this because to y'all at this point you've crossed over from where it's about principle to where it's about what's gonna blow up is this gonna become yes. a top five trend trending twin on twitter am i gonna get more followers from this are more people gonna retweet me retweet me because it, and once you get to that point it's like 
that's not really activism no it's like not. i don't think martin luther king was walking down the street with stones getting thrown in his head talking about how many retweets is this gonna get you know do you think hashtag activism has officially jumped the shark yes it's like people aren't even trying anymore no it's still a valuable form of protest and this is why i stay my ass on facebook no <laughs> 30, uh, 13% of people say, this is why I stay my ass on Facebook. Uh, 25% of people go, no, it's still a valuable form of protest. Um, and 63% of people feel like me. Uh, yes, it's like people aren't even trying anymore. Ask for comments. Prince Laurent says, I respect the efficacy of Park's comment, comment to care about her original intentions. The efficacy of Park's comment to care about her original? I'm not sure I understand that sentence. No disrespect. I really, it went over my head. Um, many Asian Americans detest that their perceived meekness causes them to be an acceptable punchline of everyone's jokes. They admit that their parents and slash guardians allowed it to occur, but they want to end it now. It's also highlighted two interesting points about white liberals. Firstly, it took the cancel Colbert hashtag for people to pay attention to any uh, Asian American cause. Yeah, by taking away attention from the original American cause. Okay. Park and other activists are always starting but causes but it was this one that gained the most traction no it wasn't this one that gained the most traction the one that gained the most traction is actually um not your asian sidekick um but okay secondly the reaction from colbert fans were not too different from those that were upset about white liberals trying to cancel duck dynasty uh, i'm not implying that the original infractions were equal i'm not i don't think it was equal i don't think it was the same as the duck dynasty canceling duck dynasty thing um i think there i mean i think there's um definitely a wing of people that was like that but i think people are grouping a lot of people who just had a fundamental problem with her that weren't racist they weren't sexist they weren't malicious they weren't trying to cuss her out nope and if you were looking at her timeline she would not even address those people no it was if you were asian you were a sellout that if you if you came at her um if you were a man obviously you could not have an opinion even though this issue was about race and not gender but apparently if you were a man you could not possibly understand um if you were if you were of any other group other than asian woman and you had an issue with it she would basically be like you're a bad ally quote unquote because you just don't support me regardless of your reasoning so there so there like i feel like and this happened also on twitter I forget the dude's name, but uh, a debt for you or something. This is people wanting her to have said something and, and responding to what they wish she had said, not what was said. You know what I mean? Like, like I would like to hear people respond to what happened, not what they kind of have wished happened or what, if you frame it a certain way, this is what happened. Just what happened. You know what I mean? Like if she would have said, some of these things maybe we wouldn't be here now mm-hmm. but when you're going well actually i don't even want the show canceled actually it's it's more about provocative about being provocative than it is about you know being active uh being correct um you know uh i, I feel like you know like i said i understand the whole asian people tired of this shit blah 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 i really do get it mm-hmm. I do um, too. but even she's saying that's not what this is so then it's like, well, what is it? Yeah, what's your purpose? Yeah, because if that, I could even kind of understand that. I didn't, wouldn't necessarily agree. I think you pick a bad target. Like you should pick a target that 
there's just too many good targets to pick to to waste it on a on one that's not bad but okay that's fine true. at least i could understand if that was the way you're standing but she's not even standing on that uh secondly the reaction yeah and then the, the I, I disagree about the reaction from colbert fans i'm a colbert fan i follow plenty of colbert fans yes i all of them weren't talking i would i would not be following any of them i would call them out each individual if i ever saw one of them threaten to rape her or murder her or any of that shit there's a ton of people that will not not. be addressed who had 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 actual rational issues against what she had to say yes and i'm not implying that the original infractions were equal uh i'm not in favor of canceling colbert and was not offended at all by the joke i guess my point is that when you are a silenced minority you have to take your opportunities wherever you can and you have to go after something they care about i think i think this is not i think this is wrong i think you're wrong i just think to me i think you also risk watering down your effectiveness when you waste effort on targets like it's even more important that your bullet strike and it strike true and it be for something you know what i mean like can you imagine like i said an actual real activist can you like for example when people said they were getting tired of Al Sharpton, you know why they said they were getting tired of Al Sharpton? It wasn't because Al Sharpton was necessarily wrong about everything, but it was because he lowered his bar to a level where he was like, if black people have an issue, I'm going to show up there and talk about it. And and all of a sudden it was, well, sometimes black people have issues that aren't really t- vetted. They're not really the best issues. He showed up here in Charlotte when people were... um um saying that this uh local politician was getting cheated out of his seat turns out that politician was lying he was faking votes he was doing a lot of, he was committing voter fraud he's and then people it lessens and it cheapens al sharpton to a lot of people because they're like oh well he showed up for that shit and everybody was wrong he didn't issue an apology you know maybe he was just pulling a favor for somebody but whatever it is people walked away going i'm taking al sharpton less serious now so it your 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 bar matters is what I'm saying. It, it it does. And when it comes to um activism and, and being out there and fighting the fight, it's one of those things where people like me are going, Why would I support anything that you do? People like me are going, Well, if you're gonna pick a fight, you need to pick a fight that matters and also people that are real that that really get out there and get dirty in the streets that when it comes to activism they've done their research they 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 know the facts and they go okay this is something i can stand behind versus if you jump at everything that happens you'll be jumping all the time and nobody's gonna it's, it's like the boy that cried wolf you can't right. cry wolf at every situation why because sometimes black people were wrong sometimes black people are in the fault sometimes people lie sometimes right. people always when they present it to you they don't give you all the facts and you're getting emotional and you're running off with with not the whole truth Right, and I feel like this is the quickest way to get ignored. This is actually the quickest way to get marginalized because people are like, oh, yeah, I remember you, the person who didn't really mean what you said and and was wrong. That's what people are going to remember from this. They're not going to remember this as, well, she needed to pick something. They're going to go, yeah, she was wrong. And I don't want, like, to me, that's almost worse. Mm. You know what I mean? That like That's almost worse than not saying anything at all is to be wrong. And on top of that, Let's say another issue, 
let's say, similar to Trayvon Martin or, or some other issue comes up, that's a real issue, that's a real problem that really, 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 really needs to be addressed, people are going to go, whatever, you fucked me last time. Yeah, I, I refuse to support I, you. I've already said I'm going to miss something. I don't oh, know yeah, what I, I don't know what too. it's going to be. I don't know. I, I you know, I don't know how to predict it. I, I you know, I, it sucks. But I can already tell there's going to be something in the future where people are going to be hashtagging. I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah I, like I don't know like, what yeah, it causes. Why y'all talk about that? I was like, cause yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have time for for the for the fake activism and the fake outrage and the right. and the fake issues. Uh, so that when something comes up that I probably would care about and push and support, we would probably talk about on the show. I'm like, fuck that. Why waste my time? Do because I'm not trying to be funny when it comes to. Um, being emotionally attached to a situation and and pushing and fighting for a cause, I take that shit seriously. And I understand a lot of people don't, but I do. And so that's why I'm like, well, fuck you, bitch, because if I stand behind something and support it like this, especially something like this, I, it's it's not a joke to me and it's not a game to me. You take it as a game. I, I, I can't, we can't roll in the same circles because you, you think shit is funny that I don't. Yep. Um, so yeah, Adam A. Sparkster says these past few weeks of ex- are examples of what happens when the mentality of people who want to use Twitter for social change comes head to head with people's unwillingness to get all of the details before jumping on board or something and wanting to be the center of attention. This is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, mass confusion, frustration, etc. Even so, I don't think activism on Twitter has jumped the shark far from it. Twitter has been and continues to be an effective tool for social change. Yeah, we'll see, man, because I'm going to tell you, the most powerful activism I've ever seen on Twitter is actually the overthrowing of governments. I want, you think, y'all think that'll happen again? Via Twitter, you think, you know, we're going to see something that powerful again? I, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm starting to wonder. I, I wonder if we'll even see another, like, Trayvon Martin level call for justice. Like, I really am starting to wonder, like, uh, if people, cause I, I feel like people are underestimating how many folks were thrown off because of this shit. And turned off. You know, and it's not just this one, it's a bunch of collection of shit. Yes, it is. People are overreaching. Let's cancel Saturday Night Live now. Let's cancel that. Let's, uh, why, why can't we, uh, get this person fired? And it's just like, alright, mm-hmm. Let's see, but, uh, yeah, Twitter has been and continues to be an effective change for social change, effective tool for social change. Social media spaces are the only places where people have to engage in these types of discuss- discussions. Thereby, thereby becoming part of a greater movement that is slowly leading to change. Despite the various Ashy Larry, shout out to this pretty brown girl at the PG, the PBG for creating that phrase, uh, whose constant, constantly claim it's just Twitter. The platform has been and continues to be a vehicle for mind changing dialogue, both online and off. Expose, exposure to these issues via online interaction often leads to offline discussions with people who may vehemently disagree which eventually leads to social change and attitudes regarding various issues facing our community. And let's not forget about the hard changes Twitter activists has led to, uh, such as pulling a ju- pulling of juror B-37's book deal after the Zimmerman verdict and the role it played in the growth of Trayvon Martin's case itself, a fact that was recently pointed out on this show. I don't see that power ending simply because of a few misused hashtags and a couple of bandwagon jumpers looking for 15 minutes of e-fame. Um, well, yeah, I just pointed those out just now. I don't keep in mind the, the poll wasn't is is activism bad? Mm-mm. It's simply are is it jumping the shark where people are going to be like I'm 
this is no longer a thing i treat seriously all the time yep you know what i mean jumping the shark doesn't mean happy days gets canceled it means uh you jump that shark and then nobody gives a fuck about the rest of those episodes you know what i mean we'll see what happens um like i said i don't believe it's an inherently bad thing i just think we've crossed a threshold to where now people are realizing that you can become socially popular yes via these trends more so than being right Mm -hmm. and the fact that people won't even call a person like that out says a lot it says a lot to me because to me the one thing that the social media justice had over your tv justice and all this stuff is that it was real it was raw it was Mm -hmm. authentic it was a way to circumvent the media process and now you actually have the opposite occurring where it's like how can we get this started just so we can get it to a media point where maybe they'll interview me maybe i'll get to be on tv maybe i can you know boost this into an interview i think it's at a very dangerous uh fork in the road yes i think and i agree with you i think that before a lot of it was very grassroots where i could like you said i could bring a cause in a certain part of the country that the rest of the country has no idea what's happening or what's going on and i can make people look and i can make people call and i Mm -hmm. you know and now 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 that's the purpose of it and that part of it and and that spirit i agree with i agree with things that are happening it's injustice let's bring them up let's talk about it let's address this i'm with that because the person that started that is behind their calls believes their calls and wants to bring light on their calls Mm -hmm. that's different than this situation where she was like i was bored and i didn't have nothing to paint my fucking toes with let me go attack stephen colbert that's not the same right and i and i think um the other reason we're bringing it up now is because it's been a few weeks of like you said examples of what happens you know what i mean like it wasn't like we just said oh this one oh no fuck that this is the problem like it's it's when you see this happen for a while and then you have um people that are supposed to be about having standards and having some integrity that's the reason they're on social media uh in the first place they're saying that's the reason that I've been marginalized, but now I have my platform. But then they're pulling the same shit that these people do on these on, on Fox News and CNN and shit. Um, I think it's uh, completely appropriate to ask the question: Has it jumped the shark? I hope it. I really hope it hasn't. To be honest, I hope that people go back to uh, being authentic and calling people out and you know having these tough discussions. But um, I'm starting to see now that people are just grouping up and now marginalized groups are getting their own form of well now we're going to have rules that whether they're hypocritical or not this is the only way you can engage us and it's like well see that's not really fair you know it's not you know that's the good thing about social media you create the platform you want so people can go do that i just don't have to participate uh derek writes in i want to say that this is the lazy man's way of protesting but i can see how it has its merits you can reach thousands of people all over the world in an instant. However, civil rights leaders of the 50s and 60s didn't have Facebook or Twitter, and they still managed to mobilize people. I feel that when something is too easy, it loses its value. Basically, anyone with a smartphone, tablet, laptop, et cetera, et cetera, can start up a cause and call themselves an activist. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about the ease of access 
while also allowing more people into the conversation, uh, uh, I think it would be, um, you would almost have to purposely ignore the idea that, uh, this also means people could use it for the wrong shit. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's available to everybody and that's beautiful, but it also, as a drawback, is available to everybody and that can be ugly. You know, just depends on the people, right? Yes, sir. Episode 674, Tax the Childless, where we talked to Brandy, stand-up comedian. Um, and we had Dr. Abrasive Rice saying, yes, Team Justice of the Peace. We talked about getting married and the cost of getting married. And uh, Brandy said she would just go to the Justice of the Peace. We went to the Justice of the Peace. So uh, Dr. Abrasive says, yes, Team Justice of the Peace. A couple of my fr- wife's friends were, bring, were being petty in our preparation for their weddings in preparation for their weddings and tried to shame her for not inviting them to ours. I wanted to say, dumbass, we didn't have a wedding. That social pressure of inviting certain people is not something I have to worry about. Yeah. Shit. I don't want to take that seriously. Yeah. I don't want to go to your wedding. I guess because a lot of people, well, a lot of people don't talk about weddings are boring. Weddings. They're boring. A lot of times they're, I've been to several of them. Sometimes they're not organized. They're not planned very well. Um, nobody really talks about the downside of it. You have to deal with people badass kids. There's a lot of shit that goes behind with other than just your day. You're over there snapping pictures. You're not in the audience, so you don't have to see all the other bullshit that the crowd has to deal with. And the best wedding that we've ever went to was Derek's, and nobody I don't think anybody else will ever top that. That's because his wife was an event planner, so she had tons of shit for you to do which <coughs> believe you me mm-hmm. probably costs a lot of fucking money uh should people who choose not to have children be taxed for it yes or no yes they need to pay their fair share for other people's kids no that's ridiculous 85 percent of people agree with me and karen and brandy that's ridiculous mm-hmm. but 15 percent of you selfish kid having motherfuckers probably i'm sure that's who wrote it uh thought that uh yeah we need to help pay for your badass kids. Mm, not me. The KC Stork says, whoever in the hell voted yes, y'all niggas better be trolling. Sugar Bear said, my paycheck will look so much better without taxes. Sigh. I hear you. Um, And uh, let's see what else. Do we have another episode? Yeah, we got episode 675. I stand with Rod. Uh, And the poll was simple. Who do you stand with? Uh, Rod, Chris. Marie Claire, or all y'all need to sit your asses down. Uh, 4% of people stood with Marie Claire. 22% of people stood with Chris. 26% of people stood with me. And a whopping 48% of people said, all y'all need to sit y'all asses down. So (laughs) I'm not sure who won that poll. Um, And we had one comment on the Nerd Off episode. uh, uh, Well, uh, Nerdnesia was the name of the episode. And, uh, the comment was uh, from 04 Soji says, love the nerd off. Just bought a PS4 recently, and man, I'm enjoying my purchase. I find something very interesting going on with the PS4. The PS4 camera is selling like hotcakes, and they're just as hard, just as hard to find or harder to find than a new PS4. It's funny because that PS4 was not bundled with camera like the Xbox was bundled with the Kinect. Yet its sales have skyrocketed all the same. I think the main selling point of the PS4 camera is the streaming feature. There are some freaks out there that own PlayStations that can't wait to tease people for to garner attention. Don't believe me? Check out this link. Um, and he sent a YouTube link. Um, so I, I, I haven't checked it out yet, but 
yeah that's interesting i did not know that they were selling the camera and it's funny because the only reason i probably didn't know that is because so many people are fighting um about the um the camera being included no they're fighting about the connect versus play like the connect okay. being addition so it's almost like well i don't want to broadcast that i went out and paid money for this camera because then it puts the cost issue aside and i can't go well your shit costs a hundred dollars more it's like well you went and bought the fucking camera so it's we, damn near the same now yeah, like so now we're paying the same price but yeah yeah and that's something that people don't push and promote and talk about because them same people that are arguing with you bet you they bought their fucking camera what, what are you talking about then let's play voicemails um um the casey stork called in with two voicemails the first one he said he was kind of rambling but i played some of it anyway uh kind of lost the pace halfway through but then he left another one right afterwards so what's going on rodney terrence boy the casey stork uh i meant to uh call in previous to this saturday i believe this is it march 28th or march 29th uh to give some feedback uh from the previous call-in show but uh yeah i fucked up time got a hold of me but uh i know rod you're not the biggest uh fan of college athletics but i do know you watch it uh i do know you hate that there's a lot of the fandom that goes into it and i agree with you totally on that uh as a former uh collegiate player it uh i don't can't say it's hard for me to stop watching the game i mean but i mean but i love the college game i mean i love the college game i love the passion that goes into it because I know the work that goes into it, not to, not to dismiss the work that goes into the high school players, NFL players, but I've never played on the NFL level, so I only play on the college level, so I just know the work that goes into that. And just call and say I appreciate your uh, support. Uh, I don't know, actually defense, but support maybe defense of, you know, <laughs> empowering, you know, college athletes. And a part of me does totally agree, not totally, a part of me does agree what you say, you know, as far as, you know, if people really, really, really want to rep that student-athlete bullshit that they preach, then they should just be people there who are there to be students and athletes second. But we know that's not true. And we know that, I mean, I'm, I'm getting, getting off topic here, forgive me. But uh, just that, um, just like any debate, the lowest or the weakest member or the weakest link in the debate always gets pushed upon. And in this case, it's the college athletes. You know, we say, fuck the school, fuck the school president, fuck the AD, fuck the college coach, fuck all these people who are making millions upon millions. I mean, if it's a state-funded school in your state tax dollars, uh, private school in your tuition dollars. I mean, and we, we push upon the so-called greedy athlete. And... I just don't get that. I mean, I don't get it how people can actually entertain that and do that, but you always bring it to light to that just people because people want that athlete to be there to entertain them, that new, this new age gladiator, and that's bullshit, man. And it's just total bullshit. And I mean, I, I just appreciate the light that you bring to it, the voice you give to it. And, uh, I mean, I don't know how many other college athletes out there who listen to the show, but they should call in, man, and just really, you know, thank you for your support. I mean, of that mission of, you know, I don't, I don't know how we're going to pay it out. I don't know how we're going to divvy it out. I don't know how you pay all college athletes. But if we're there, if we're there and we're bringing this money into the school, then why not kick us down? Yeah, we get Pell Grant money, but that money ain't a lot of money. I'm sorry. I seen the Pell Grant check, and that shit don't pay for a lot. You know what I'm saying? 
So, I mean, just whatever, man. I just, I just get annoyed when people come come to me with that greedy college athlete bullshit. Like, nah, man, we just want to eat. We just want to be able to go to a fucking movie. We just want to be able to do this, do that. And, I mean, it's whatever. It's whatever. So, yeah, I'm biased because, yeah, like I said, former college athlete, I'm biased. But anyway, uh, once again, uh, thanks for the show. Thanks for your, your voice. You know, in the matter as far as like empowering uh, uh, collegiate athletes uh, and uh, Casey Stork out. Cool. Thanks, Casey Stork. Um, Thank you, sweetie. And uh, yeah, no problem, man. I like, like I said, I'm not saying every single kid that has ever played football or basketball needs to be a millionaire or some shit like that. But um, as long as they hold on to that handful of kids that people actually should be watching play professionally. Um, they're going to always have a moral quandary on their hands about having to pay athletes because, let's be honest, those athletes are pretty much funding the school. Yes, they and, are. You know, and the whole system itself. Yeah. So it's it's actually weird that, you know, that to incorporate those those levels of capitalism into that same system of college sports. Well, less than a one-half of a percent of all college athletes will even go pro. Right. What's going on, Ryan Chance? Casey Stork again. I apologize to you and the listeners. I did not have my uh, notes in front of me. Uh, but just wanted to finish up by saying, I, uh, a year ago, when this debate came up, you know, it always comes up during the NFL draft. Huh. Coincidence. But you were talking about it and I called in and I told a story about, simply about, uh, at my, uh, first two years of Washburn, I had a chemistry, uh, lab. Uh, during this uh, spring session, the winter break, I guess it'd be, that's when we have our winter workouts. And my lab was like at 7 in the morning and getting up at 4.35 in the morning to go run for basically an hour and a half, two hours of workout was wearing me out. And I'm even trying to talk to my coach, like, can I come in later or do whatever? And I'm sure I'm not the first college kid, you know, college collegiate athlete that had to deal with this shit. And I know I won't be the last. You know, talking about ways to make it better for me to get my academics and maintain my grades. And my defensive back coach basically looked at me and said, hey, son, you're not here on an academic scholarship. You're here on an athletic scholarship. So when people come to me with that bullshit, it falls on deaf ears, man, because I know, I, I said, I know I'm not the first. I won't be the last. But been there, done that, man. And I know for a fact. I know for a fact. Maybe the school care, but they ain't out there on the field. And they ain't out there monitoring the hours. No one gives a shit, you know what I'm saying? And then, so, even when I transferred to the University of Missouri, you know, MIZ, still love my school, still love my, you know, I mean, yeah, a lot of times I had that with, you know, with my friends. But, like you said on the other show, I was one of those guys that realized I'm not going to the NFL, you know what I'm saying? I'm out there, you know, when I went there in 97, 98, out there trying to fucking tackle Ricky Williams, out there trying to chase uh, fucking David Boston around the field and shit. Uh, yeah, I realized that, yeah, I'm not going to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? I was good enough to get a scholarship there, but not good enough to advance to the next level. And that's, you know, that's pretty much most of the, you know, collegiate players. But if you're out there and you're listening, I still say you have to be a voice. You have to. You know, just be a voice and not hate on these guys who are trying to get empowered, get more benefits, you know, get more protection. You know, why can't we have guaranteed four-year scholarships? Why do we have to only get one year? Basically get hoarded out by the university. 
we had a guy MU who I don't know who drafted him, but he should not have been there because he was probably the worst middle linebacker I've ever seen in my life. But you know what? He came there. He was guaranteed a scholarship. But you know what? That next year, his scholarship was not renewed. That's bullshit. Why wasn't it renewed? Because he was a poor athlete? Of course. But I thought we were there for fucking academics. So don't come to me with that bullshit. Anyway, once again, thanks, Rod. Thanks, Karen, for giving voice to that. Thanks for always, always being on the side of what's right and also of the people who have no voice and who are the weakest links in the chain of this argument, whether it be, you know, black women who are getting shit on, whether it be uh, college athletes who are getting shit on. Always thank you for your voice. All right, Casey Stork out. Thank you, sweetie. Thanks, Casey Stork. Um, And, yeah, man, I agree that – that is the the real issue at heart is just the moral conundrum that college athletics has kind of forced upon itself with this. Sometimes it's academic and sometimes it's about athletics. And it's like when you start throwing that term around in a setting where it's supposed to be about the betterment of these young men, about learning to, um, about learning to find a path in life you can't start making these cold calculated financial decisions like Mm-mm. we're going to cut your scholarship because you're not good at linebacker. But then when people go, well, shit, if it's that cutthroat, um, why, you know, why don't we find a way to, to compensate these kids? Then it's like, well, whoa, what are you crazy? They're, they're students. It's like, well, are they students or not? Ain't that the truth. You know what I mean? Like, so there's, there's and I think if people don't even want to recognize or discuss that, then they're, then they either are, being false in some sense of the, you know, some sense of the word or possibly even worse, malicious. You know, there is a lot of jealousy with these athletes. There is a lot of, uh, but they have it so easy. And once you can kind of separate Joe six pack from relating to the person on the field, they'll let you do anything to those people. Like all you have to do is convince, like, you know, you think this isn't behind why a, a man feels entitled as 50 years old to yell at a kid who's 19 and market smart. You think this, you think that shit doesn't come from somewhere? It does. And, uh, part of it is that, you know, people feed into this shit. We, we make it seem like the fans are the ones who are, you know, we, we, we should be pra- praising them, you know? Hey, what's going on, Rod and Karen? Look, I know I'm a little bit late on this, on uh, this feedback, but I want to get it out there. Karen, mm-hmm. well, let me say this for you. There has been a couple of deaths in my lifetime that I know exactly where I was when I first heard about it. Michael Jackson. Most recently, um, Matt, um, um, I'm about to kill Matthew Jones, excuse me, um, Matt, uh, Michael Jackson. And then you have um, L. Whitney Houston. But there's another death that I know exactly where I was when it happened or when I found out about it, and that's the guy, the Nintendo dude. Karen, when you killed Nintendo, when you killed Mr. Mario, on I was I was exactly I was on my way to work. It was early in the morning, it was around 7:30, and I'm driving to work, and I'm hearing you just killed this man, and I just want to let you know that that should have got a ticket. I don't know what kind of what kind of bogus counting 
fraudulent thing that's going on in the background, but I'm here to let you know that I'm going to get to the bottom of it, and I think you deserve your tipping. I think Ross should go ahead and have his Macklemore moment right now and give you a text message and put it out on the Word, put it out on 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 the, on the, on the Internet to let everyone know that you deserve that tipping. Rod, you're fraudulent, and you need to come clean. All right, brother. Peace out. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't given this award. <laughs> it was voted on by the fans. So this is actually the opposite of Macklemore. <laughs> Macklemore was given an award from the Academy. My award came as a fan's choice. I'm the people's choice and the people's champ. And I will represent this throne for as long as I'm on it. The next time, give your name so I can cuss you out. My name, sir. <laughs> well, thank you. Mm-hmm. I thank you for your for Are your you love support. Yeah, yeah. Next one. Next, 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 next voicemail. <laughs> oh, I see how you're trying to push me along. Mm-hmm. I Ra- see what's happening up, here. Wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Oh, all right. Here we go. Hey, Gary, this is Stephen Richards. Hey, I was listening to your feedback episode from last week. I tell you what. I tell you, still had a good one. She called on Leonard Brothers, the keyboard gangster. I tell you what, hey, 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 Leonard, hey, what you gonna do about this right here, huh? You, you totally can support that chat room, you understand? But you don't, you don't want to get on it. Hey, I tell you, hey, homie, hey, homie, hey, homie. Hey, what you gonna do about this right here? You understand me? Oh yeah, I'm taking page out of Dr. James Manning's book. Hey, th- hey, Leonard, man. Hey, I'm gonna be coming for you. I tell you what, it's not over. What I was saying last week, I'm coming with my A game there. Hey, chill. I say, hey man. Hey, chill. Me and you, we gonna be duking it out. We gonna be duking it out real good this year. 2014 is gonna be a real good tip of year. I tell you that much. Hey. This is Stephen Richards signing off. Thank you, Rod and Garrett, for letting us get on your uh, show and uh, showcase our, our uh, you know, uh, our random ass talking. But anyway, hey, thank you guys. You have a good one. All right. Except you, Leonard. <laughs> thank you so much, Stephen Richards. Uh, one more voicemail. Hey, Ryan and Karen, this is uh, Stephen Richards on the boat line. Listen, I was listening to your show about the uh, about the tax on the childless, man. Hey, uh, I heard your argument about uh, the children, um, you know, having a child. People don't think about having kids and everything like that. Let me, let me tell you something, though, man. Uh, I don't think I, I, I don't think that the people without children should be taxed. Uh, more in addition to what's going on right now, but I tell you what, now we need the damn taxes and the, the, the tax breaks that we get because you understand, hey man, hey, these damn kids are damn uh, expensive, man. You know, you got daycare, you got food, you got all types of expenses. And Andy, you were also saying that uh, the job market is in uh, friendly, you, uh, you were saying that, that it's friendlier to parents than it is to, uh, to damn. Uh, to, to, to childless folk now. Now I don't see childless folk as no as no less than the person with the with the with the child. But but you got to understand, my friend. Now when you got kids, you know sometimes uh, things happen that you just don't expect. Now and and, and that's not and and that could happen 
see anybody. You understand? Like you can be at work, everything can be going fine, and your and your damn daycare calls you says your child is coughing. Hey, he needs to get the hell out of here now. Now it actually happens, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you from experience, man. I've been I've been on the road and everything, man. And, and uh, the damn daycare calls me and tells me to come pick up my kid. Now I don't know what to do about that. I have to call my wife. She has to leave her job. So I mean, hey, man, we as parents do need a little bit more flexibility. I mean, I mean, you know. I'll be honest, man. You were speaking a little bit pretentiously. I understand. I think you were speaking from a little bit of non-child having privilege, and I didn't like it. Okay, I'm on the day. I just didn't like it. Okay, man. Hey, we normally agree on everything. I agree with you on the Sue Clark thing. Okay, she was kind of uh, starting a damn firestorm for no reason. But I, I think you're wrong on this one, bud. Okay. Hey, this is Stephen Richards. You guys have a good. One. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Stephen Richards, to clarify my point, I was saying <clears throat> jobs already allow parents more freedom than people without kids, by which I mean, like you said, if your kid gets sick, you can go home, uh, whatever. They normally don't even take it off your vacation time. It's understood. Like, they're making allowances. If you want to go on paternity leave, that is literally written into the rules. You can go on paternity leave. You can go on maternity leave. Um, <clears throat> there's just more consideration given for people who have kids. It's just in a certain assumption, right? What I was saying is don't put that shit in the fucking tax code. All right. Like this, like when it comes to you being a parent, that's still a personal choice. I didn't get to any decision on that. So why the fuck should I be involved in that? <clears throat> and furthermore, I don't think the government should be involved in any personal decisions that um like either incentivizing them or penalizing them so if you don't want to have kids there should be no penalty for that if you want to have kids there shouldn't be any fucking um you know hey let's give this person some money if you want to buy a house they shouldn't give you money they shouldn't take off your taxes if you want to start a business they shouldn't do that they shouldn't and like if you just kind of had a flat like this is what taxes are this is how much of your money is going to go for everybody, regardless of what you're into. Lower everybody's shit. Stop trying to like d to switch up the certain loopholes. You think it's like it's crazy to me that so many corporations don't pay a dime in tax and some even get money back. Yep. Billion dollar companies. Billion dollar companies. So like don't you know, to me, that's my problem. I don't really give a fuck about uh, if you need to go home because your child is sick and you need an extra couple days or whatever pay or what. That I don't care about that, but this this idea that people are like, well, obviously, if you don't have children, it's easier for you as a career path. That's that's not necessarily true, for one. But then also, also number two, I didn't decide to have kids. Should I be penalized for it? So should I not be able to get that job because I'm putting in more work than you? You decide to have fucking kids. If that means you can't do a seventy hour work week like the dude next to you who doesn't have kids. That's your choice. You made a choice. Stick with it. Everybody wants to act like every choice should also make, it's like the, the, the playing field should also be level whenever you make a choice outside of work. That's not, that's not a work decision you made. You made a decision to the detriment of your job. The company is there to think about the company. You know what I mean? So that's my point. Now I don't really, if, if that's pretentious, if that's whatever the fuck, I'll be pretentious. Um, I would say the same thing if you bought a puppy. 
i'd say the same fucking thing well i need to go take my dog to the vet cool you couldn't be here for the project and the other dude could that's all the company cares about ain't that the truth it's not their job to be like well i know if you would have been here you would have did a great job so we're gonna give you the promotion should i not get the promotion if i put in more work like who does that you know so that that's where i would come at that's where i would come at it from i don't you know i don't despise people with kids or think they should suffer anything but at the same time i don't think the government should make me suffer for not having kids that that's so backwards to me that it's, it's damn near offensive and the way that article was written it was clearly by someone who had some type of emotional hang up with his parents and his own lack of children and the guilt from it and uh honestly that's your shit worry about that on your own player yes sir um all right um that was the last voicemail so anybody wants to call in 704-557-0186 uh let me uh read some voicemail of emails we actually got a lot of those uh yo you're on with the blackout test what's up yo sterling what up sterling yeah how y'all doing Great, great, man. How you doing? Can't complain too much, you know what I mean? I just want to call in because I haven't called in yet since I won my tippy. Okay, and okay. I, I, I had to say straight up just thank you to the Black Eyed Nation for voting for me for best interview. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I took, I, it took too long. Like, I should have been on this week one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I fucked all the way up. And I want to thank the Academy, Kevin, Rod, and Karen for making the whole shit. You know what I mean? And, of course... All my all my trust and my love go to Zod because without him I can't do any of this. Mm-hmm. Like he put me here on this earth, you know what I mean? And um yeah, that's pretty much it. I just really want to say thank you for it. Like, um doing doing the interview was great. I actually had somebody hit me up last week that I know had to listen to the interview because I really don't talk about it that much, that actually said like what you said made me go to the doctor. I knew some shit was up. Wow. And and that like that was major me because that's really what I wanted. Like the whole reason I'm as sick as I was, because I just, you know, Live like a younger man, and I was like, you know, what I mean, fuck that. Like, I'm just gonna go do what I want to do, right. and I'm gonna go chill and you know live life up. And then when it got too bad, I was fucked over. But if if I took care of it when I was younger, I could have possibly been in a better position. You know what I mean? Like that. It was just dope that you know you gave me the platform to do that, and I ended up helping somebody like that. That was awesome. That's dope, man. I'm glad people did listen to the interview. I'm glad people uh, went and got help and stuff. And like I said, man, that I mean, to me, that was a crazy award because. I talked to so many people with Medium Talk. I did so many episodes. I thought it was crazy. Karen did Lip Smacking Good. She had so many <laughs> interviews that I thought was like, wow, this is really in-depth. I'm learning more about this person than I thought I ever would. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, so many people were celebrities and shit. And, yeah, I didn't uh, even vote for myself. I voted for Lisa <laughs> Dean. Like, I thought that was shit. I was <laughs> all the way in with that interview. I thought she was going to kill me, like. Yeah, and and uh, when I saw the results, I was like, it's kind of fitting, and uh, it's kind of dope. You know what I mean? Because that's 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 an interview that almost didn't happen. You know, so seriously, like that, that she got that, that she got close. You know what I mean? But yeah, I just want to say that. And also, just on some real shit, like Rod, thank you for them tweets about Noah because I finally went to go see that shit yesterday. Oh, how'd you like and it, man? Nigga, I was almost in tears. It was so amazing. So he great. had a magical grenade launcher. Like, yeah, dog. They didn't even bother to try to explain why. No reason. Nope. No, just, he, just, he was in. He was in that motherfucking. He came out with a grenade launcher, and that was that. Yeah, he I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much for people, but uh, we were, I'm supposed to do a review of it soon. So, but yeah, uh, goddamn, just so good. <laughs> yeah. 
So and good. He goes, like, if they, they can do every other Bible movie like that, I'll go see him. Yeah. Like, give me Cain and Abel with, like, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon killing each other. I'm here for that story. Yeah. I'm, I don't I'm, want shit from history, and I want that. I'm all about Exodus now um, because of this. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh, that's a good yeah. one. I wasn't even going to see Exodus. Yeah, Christian Bell, you know, he's going to be in character mm-hmm. like shit. Uh, all right, Sterling. Yeah, all right, take it easy. All right, Have peace. a good one, peace. Tippy Award winning, yes, Sterling. Tippie. Yes. Congratulations again, sir. And uh, the thing about it is that I, I remember listening to that one. I was like, well, God damn, Sterling. It, it really opened up my eyes to a lot of things. Jules writes in the most ironically titled email that I've gotten in a long time. Just a quick note about disclosing transgender identity from a non-black POC cis queer woman. Interesting title. Yeah, one, because this is not quick at all. This is not a quick note. This is long, um, you know, very well written. Um, but I'm already confused at the title. I, I, like, I have to read this more than once to figure out what, what exactly she's going with. It's non-black person of color. So okay. they are a person of color, but not black. I could have went with, you know, if you would have said Asian, if you would have said Indian, if you would have said Mexican, Latino, like something, I would have went with that too, but I'm figuring it out as we go. Non-black person of color. Cis, so I think that cisgender means you are the gender that you're physically, like, on, is on your body. So okay. if you have a vagina, then you're a woman. You identify as a woman. If you have a penis, you identify as a man. So she's a non-black person of color who is a a cisgendered queer woman. So she's, queer I think does not necessarily mean lesbian or gay, but uh, it can mean a bunch of stuff, but it's not necessarily straight. So she's queer and a woman. Okay. All right. Hi, Rod and Karen. I've been listening to your show for a few weeks now and just wanted to clarify a few points that you that you two are discussing while I'm listening at work today, uh, March 29th, regarding disclosing transgender, disclosing transgender identity. As someone who is cis, queer, and non-black person of color, but actively educating myself on gender identity, the separation of sex, sexuality, and gender, I wanted to send in some resources for you to further the discussion or just some points to note that note that illuminate many key factors that a trans person might not want to disclose, especially trans women. Here are some quick, here are some resources, quick notes that were distributed with a button during my campus transgender awareness week. Um, uh, and there's, let me see what this takes me to. I have not clicked on any of this stuff. Um, oh, ally education information uh for uh for people now i personally am not an ally to anybody for the record i hate that word and don't want to be that i'll be your friend but i will not be your ally um but uh yeah it has uh some information here if someone asks you what the button is for you should feel comfortable describing the transgender umbrella explain the difference between gender sex and sexual orientation know the names of at least four transgender scholars celebrities politicians etc Hashtag active ally. Yeah, I'm not going to do any of that um, as far as remembering that shit. Uh, I don't, too, don't make assumptions about anyone's gender identity or gender pronouns. You don't know who may be transgender. Yeah, probably not going to ever do that. Uh, I, I don't mind being corrected, though, which is a little bit different, I guess. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't. Like ta- I don't take offense if somebody yeah. would says, "Well, call me a he," and you're like, "Okay." Yeah, I, I won't be mad, but yes. I'm also not gonna say. Yeah, I was hanging out with a person the other day, and they were saying, "Let's go get some ice cream." Um, and they went to a bathroom because to most use don't talk it. Like that. Yeah, I, I, I'll probably never be able to catch on to that. I'll, I'll fuck it up somehow. Um, three gender identity isn't the same as se- the sex you were assigned at birth. Gender expressions isn't the same as sexual orientation. I think we both knew that one. Number four, transgender and gender nonconforming people face rampant discrimination in every area of life. Education, employment, family life, public accommodation, housing, health, police and jails, and ID documents. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Number five, this button was made to raise awareness about transgender issues and resources on campus and recognize the Transgender Day of Remembrance, TDOR, um, this is a, this is held annually on November 20th to commemorate the lives lost due to anti-transgender violence. All right. <clears throat> so back to the letter. Where were we at? Uh, oh, here we go. <clears throat> so number, so, oh, basically she copies and pastes the, the four points. Um, also, uh, here's a summary of a report on color lines um about tr- like violence and against lgbt vic- mur- uh, victims 70% are people of color i believe that uh the study also found that transgender people and people of color are tw- each twice as likely to experience violence or discrimination as non transgender white people transgender people of color are almost 2.5 times as likely to experience discrimination as their white peers i think that we want what that we want to encourage and move our society toward to forward to become more accepting of a variety of gender expressions, gender identities, and sexual orientations. But I think given the disturbing, despicable and common brutal murders of transgender women of color, I just don't see why this woman in particular needs to disclose. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the thing is, um, I like in addition to that, cause like, I, I think that is kind of the elephant in the room is, forget for a second about the about you and i think everybody's thinking about it in terms of them like i'm a straight person if you are having sex with me you need to tell me what's going on and i understand that and i and i do get it and i do think it's not unreasonable for a person to feel hurt i do i don't i also don't think it's unreasonable for them to feel like wow not i'm not hurt because you tricked me quote unquote trick for anybody listening quote unquote trick i think it's part it would not be unreasonable for them to feel like you didn't trust me even though we had sex and now i'm hurt by that but i think that's to me in the same vein as people that have sex before they tell each other they love each other you know what i mean like it doesn't like it doesn't necessarily have to be this violent thing it doesn't have to be like this really hurtful thing and I think people make concessions all the time, but this is one of those times where uh, it's a little bit of homophobia, it's a little bit of uptightness about sex, a little bit of uptightness about sexual orientation that causes them to have this really like visceral reaction of like, this is a line in the sand where you cannot tell me, you need to tell me, like you need to tell me right away, I need to know. And I'm like, that, that's cause you're thinking only about yourself. You think about the other person on any level you care about them. I think you have to be a little bit more, uh, um, open minded to the idea that it's not so black and white. You know, that, that's my only point. You know, I, anyway, that's my only point. 
Like Rod, my quick reading of this letter made it seem clear that it would be unclear whether the letter writer would become increasingly violent no matter how this woman disclosed. And the threats of violence and the brutal ways that many of them are murdered are just, I'm just contemptuous of the whole trans panic defense in the same way that the gay panic defense is equally fucked up. Honestly, this commentary and the clear transphobia and disgust he conveys for his uneventful whopping three month non-sex dating history. Just, yeah. I, yeah. I, it was all in, I know it's subtext, but God damn, to me, it was so obvious. Like this ain't the person to tell like ever, you know what I mean? Like this guy could not handle it. It was, it, this dude was mad for the rest of his life. You don't want them to see the baby. Like we're pat, we're actually past the three months. You married somebody, you had a baby with them. And now you, and they, they weren't, they, the family didn't show up. They're not talking. And now you're like, don't let them see the baby either. It's like, God damn, when does it end, man? Like, obviously you had some hangups about this that went beyond just, you lied to me. Y'all never even had sex. So what, so why are you so mad? Ain't you married the person that lied? That's her sister. Anyway, it's crazy. <clears throat> I was glad to hear that the parents backed up their daughter Rhonda and shunned him. Uh, I kind of was too, man. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were on the side of right, honestly. I have a similar expectation and slash indecision of coming out as queer slash lesbian, although clearly it's not the same. And I have cis privilege that I don't face lev- the levels of discrimination, hatred, and violence as my fellow trans women. But I don't always come out when a stranger, almost always white and male, hits on me. I just reject the reject him, but I don't always specify that it isn't personal. These men always take my rejection as a queer woman, a personal rejection because privilege and they are idiots. (laughs) It's hard to make the analogous situation because I'm not trans and not dating these men that hit on me. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too. Um, but people have issues with, well, I'm straight. Why don't you want me? Well, I'm not into you, but I'm, but I'm a man. You're like, still not into you like like y'all don't like people don't have personal preference no matter what their sexuality is and i mean it is male privilege i I mean it's definitely cisgender privilege which is a word i'm hopefully never use after today but um it is that privilege where it's like since i'm straight uh i don't think of the world in terms of well maybe this woman or a person that appears to be a woman to me is turning me down for any other reason than she doesn't like me personally as a person. Yeah. And it's very hard. Nothing to do with that. Yeah. Although it must, it would suck actually if, if they were even bigger jerks and were like, Oh, cause you're a fucking lesbian. Oh yeah. She's not into me cause she's a fucking lesbian. I, I, that would probably be worse. Cause those people are, are even more assholes than people that are just like, she doesn't like me. Yeah. Yeah. They're assholes for the simple (laughs) fact that everybody don't want your ass. Yeah, Everybody doesn't want you guys. It happens. But uh even with some acquaintances, neighbors, etc., I don't always come out as gay. I see it as if I need you to know, I will make you aware of it. I, you know, it's funny because that's how I treat people. There's people I suspect are gay. There's people I meet all the time. Where I'm like, dude or that chick or that whatever. I don't know what they're into. I don't think they're, you know, like they might be into dudes. They might be into women. They might be into whatever. But if they don't want to tell me that shit or it doesn't come up in conversation or whatever, I'm not going to be like, you need to disclose. Oh no, I'm not. Cause I don't that. care. Like, no. and this is like, this, I understand. I remember there's this comedian. I forget who it was, but he made a really good point. And I, I know what he's saying where he's like, the worst kind of 
ally quote unquote those people that are like i don't even care i don't give a fuck about you getting married go ahead he's like why can't you just be on my side like i do want you to get married you're gay but i i i gotta be honest i don't care about straight people getting married i don't care about gay people getting married i don't care who you're dating uh if you're not fucking me i don't really see why we would need to have any issues over that you're consenting adults Mm -hmm. uh you're not doing anything illegal so when i say i don't care i know it sounds fucked up but i'm not an ally in this i'm not trying to be an ally like i said i'd much rather be your friend than be your ally Mm -hmm. Too. i'm completely okay with uh y- people they could be fucking anybody and if they don't ever tell me i don't care like i just can we be friends you know what i'm saying if you want to tell me that's fine too i wouldn't be like oh you fucking dude i'm out we can't be friends no more but i like to me it really uh to me true equality is me not giving a fuck the same way that you know, now I might be weird like that, to be honest, guys. I'm, I'm not sure that that's normal. Uh, I legitimately have met many of my friends' girlfriends, and if they don't date for like a year, I don't learn her name. So yeah, because it's I'm funny. It's it's not worth the hassle. Yeah, I, I to remember but, the name. I, but I want to say I'm not sure that that's normal. So I don't don't count that as a. I'm saying I might just be an asshole. I, I know I am because I was like, oh, well, he'll have another chicken three weeks from now. I'm not going to waste my time. No yeah, I don't even say that. I, it's not I even I mean, that's that. what I think. I just go, if I don't see you for a year, I'm not wasting the brain space. That's it. Yeah, that's true. Somebody it's not else even, I got to remember. You don't even have to be a player. You, y'all could be in love. I still be like, you know what, man? I'll, if it, she makes it to next Christmas, then uh-huh. I'll try to remember her name is Sally. Yes. Um, if not, nope. And I still regret the ones that I do know their names and it didn't work out. Me too. Like, fuck, man. I got to remember Patty for the rest of my goddamn life now because of you. Yes. Can you make that shit work? Uh, I agree with Karen that it'd be better to be upfront and honest as much as possible in dating a romantic partner slash vetting selection. Um, But based on this letter writer, it doesn't seem clear that Rhonda was putting him towards a more romantic slash life partner commitment category. Anyways, I had wanted to write more, especially because as a grad student in biology, I would like to spend more time tackling slash breaking down the arguments that try to argue biology dot science, biology and science as a means to eliminate erase transgender identities when the biology of sex, aka science, aka science is just as much a social construct as well. Anyway, thank you for making the shows accessible and producing so much content. I can't afford a membership, but we'll try to get some of my tax refund back to you. Rod's commentary on Twib is what finally made me try to listen to a show and see what other types of podcasts are out there. Best jewels. Well, welcome to uh, listen to the Blackout Tips. Thank you, know. you sweetie. I'm sure it's uh, a bit different um, as we it- can go from talking about bullshit to talking about um queer transgender lgbt issues then right back to some bullshit back to bullshit Mm -hmm. yeah it's like you know what fuck suey park uh but listen um let's talk (laughs) about these transgender issues i'm just kidding everybody nobody said fuck suey park do not write the show uh shana writes uh shana yeah shana writes in last week's feedback show hey karen and rot just wanted to clarify a couple points from my email last week but before i do I noticed that the last few times I emailed, I've been interrupted by a phone call from Chill. 
honestly it's an honor and this week the epic tippy award controversy happened in the middle of my email and if you're gonna get interrupted that's the way to do it yes as far as the new listener voicemail and conspiracy about black men wearing sundress uh, wearing dresses <laughs> can you imagine sundresses anyway sigh i love sundresses but anyway not to get all scholarly which means i am about to get scholarly there was a government <laughs> there was a government report that was released in the 1960s called the moynihan report that stated that female-led families were the reason that the black community was failing this idea about the feminized man and the dominant woman is not new it's a racist caricature tyler perry it could be argued is perpetuating a stere- perpetuating a stereotype kanye west is wearing skirts for fashion there's nothing about the skirt that makes someone less of a man just like pants don't make someone less of a woman i would recommend that she get her information from books and not youtube as far as my email, I would clarify that my nervousness about the by using the word tricks tricked comes from the idea that trans people are trans because they want to trick people. It's one of those phrases that stems from transphobia. But I hear you. A person would feel tricked in the sense of dis, tricked in the sense of dishonesty. Yes, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think. Um, I I think that um, this person who wrote that that email specifically even you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i like i'm i'm not sure what better word encapsulates the feeling they would have because i don't want to say betrayed because that's almost worse you know what i mean I, but they would feel something along the lines of i was tricked however you want to phrase it this guy would have felt that you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and honestly i don't know i honestly don't know what words you say and i don't know how you avoid that situation mm-hmm. If you're going to tell them after you sleep together um, and they're, they've been under the assumption and you let you led them to believe and you let them go along with that assumption mm-hmm. that you were of one gender and you go, well, it's a little more complicated. I mean, you just have to hope that that person's open minded enough to not have those that 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 fear and um, whatever hang ups around them. You know what I mean? You really have to hope that that person isn't that, you know that type of person because there there's going to be some emotions to be dealt with. And I think both sides have to be considerate of that fact. True. You know, it almost would be worse if they said, I don't care at all. Like yeah. I would almost, be, but this is a big deal. This is like my life. It's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Anyway, I ain't going to talk about it no more. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would probably be better if this was like, I knew the whole time. I wonder if they would be like, you tricked me. Because <laughs> why didn't you tell me you knew? This is an exception. Um, secondly, I've only been in relationships with trans men, uh, so I'm sure that the stigma related to cis men being with trans women is different than trans men and cis women. Um, all right, I won't lie. I'm confused. I don't know if trans men is what is oh, that oh. female body, but they feel they are but but they're inside but they're a man i think that's what it is yes female body but male okay all right i got it and the other way is the reverse okay um so i'm sure the stigma related to cis men being with trans women is different than trans men being with cis women yeah i i I would agree in each case the people were part of my social group so i already knew that they were trans before we dated i have had someone come out as trans to me while we were in a relationship and after we became intimate, but that person knew I was okay with being with trans people, so it wasn't an issue. 
Mm, that probably helps too. Yeah, when you will say uh, you come to the forefront, you be like, "Well, I'm open. It doesn't bother me." And it was something where I feel like I need to tell you this. And it's, she's one of the people who go, "Well, it don't matter to me." But it did require that we have a long talk about what that meant before we could continue being intimate. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Some people that long talk might be angry. That long talk might be, you know, hurt. You just never know, man. Yeah. Especially once sex is involved, you just you really never know how someone's gonna take it. I mean, I guess you never know anyway. But some people put a huge emphasis on their sexual activity and how they connect to other people true so i could definitely see why people would be like oh no we've had sex and i did not know this thing about you you know um just to try and shed some light on rod's question about how this works for trans people who are open with their partners is similar to straight cisgender couples talking about sexual likes and dislikes for instance a person might say i'm a trans man so i'm not comfortable being touched on my chest if the person hasn't had top surgery so like maybe they have boobs and they're like in my mind in my body and the way i feel i should have a like a male chest and okay so i don't want you sucking on my titties because that's weird men don't typically like having they t- they, they nipple sucked and shit so i can see okay. how that would change like some sexual preferences and things of that nature for people who are with folks who have never been with a trans person, they might explain that their body looks one way, but their sexual preferences and practices conform to those of straight couples. As always, no two relationships are the same. That's true. Uh, well, actually, you know, there's got to be two that are the same. You never know. I'm not trans, and I don't want to speak for trans people, but that's my two cents. As an aside, the feedback show is one of my favorite parts of the Blackout Tips. We can participate in the discussion and assuming our comments are reasonable or close to reasonable. You'll all, you always have, you all, you'll always respectfully consider them. It's the way grownups have conversations and a lost art. Until next time, Shana. Well, I say boycott Shana. No. What? I'm being unreasonable. I was just kidding y'all. Don't boycott Shana. I'm a big fan. You big, big fan. <laughs> nah, thank you for Thank the, you, sweet. And the feedback shows our favorite shows too. Yeah. I do the least work. I know, right? I didn't have to look up any of these articles. Um, <clears throat> 2014 Tippy nominations. Leonard Brothers says, "What up, party people? Just checking in with a quick email. Once again, I kind of w- I wish I want to wish Karen a happy birthday. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it, lady. I did. Anyways, as most people have probably heard by now, Chill and I had a rap battle over the best feedback award for 2013. <laughs> I was chilling, minding my own business, and boom, I heard her diss me on a record. So like any good MC, I responded with my own bars. She had that takeover verse. I came back with that ether. Chill is my nigga. We laughed about it on the phone afterwards, but she came for my neck, and that set off a pretty funny feedback episode moment. So because of that, I feel it's only right that the people nominate her and I for 2014 Best Argument Award. I wanted Tippy. And she won one for 2013. She didn't like the fact that I beat her for best feedback and went on that uh, rant like only she could do. Y'all know the rest from then on. So, yes, nominate Chillin' Out for the for an award we can share with each other. They did. I like that neither one of them nominated themselves. Nope. Was like, like, I'm too humble to nominate myself. But y'all take But I'm ever. too braggadocious to let it go un, unsaid. Yep, we know y'all gonna do it. Handle it, people. Oh, and since I'm tossing out nominations, I want to throw my name in there for best feedback once again. 
<laughs> well, we only taking nominations through that thread, so this email don't count. The champ should be at least considered for it again, right? That might not work in some categories, but it does in that one. Anyway, I'm about to end this, but I got to give a shout out to all my fellow Tippy Award winners. We did it. We sure did, Leonard. We sure <laughs> did. Shout out to those who were nominated but didn't win, too. That's it for now. I holler at y'all. That's me. <laughs> yep. Shout out to Karen. <laughs> um, our girls from the Pisces Life, uh, Kai and Letitia, uh, they wrote this. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, April is... Uh, I don't know if I know how to pronounce this. Sarcio Donis month, uh, awareness month. Letitia's mother, as well as comedian Bernie Mac, both passed from this disease and the effort to spread awareness and honor their, their memories. We prepared a short PSA about Sarce, I think this is Sarcio Donis. Um, and oh, somebody put a pronunciation in the chat. Sarcio Donis. Uh, what'd they say? Let me see what's in the chat. Make sure I got it right. Sarcosidosis. Sarco. That's it. That's how you pronounce it. Sarcosidosis. Are y'all looking at the same spelling I'm looking at? All right. I'm going to believe y'all. Sarcidosis. Um, well, actually, it has a PSA attached to it. Can I just play this? Let's see if I can just play this for everybody. Um, and uh, we can do they it They said that a way. co-worker have it. That's how they know how to pronounce it. Sarcidosis. Mm-hmm. But what if it's an old black lady that got that's her co-worker and she pronouncing it wrong? <laughs> that's possible. Hi, I am Jess Letitia from the Pisces Life Network and the BAP Ladies Launch Show. I wanted to tell you about a cause that's near and dear to my heart. April is National Sarcoidosis Awareness Month. That's sarcoidosis, S-A-R-C-O-I-D-O-S-I-S. Now, you may be wondering what this is. Sarcoidosis is basically an autoimmune disease that can affect any organ in the body, specifically the lungs, your skin, as well as your lymph nodes within your chest. Sometimes you have symptoms like wheezing or cough or feeling short of breath or chest pain. You may not have any symptoms at all. You can also have this disease diagnosed through chest x-rays and there's also a blood test that gives a baseline level that may indicate some levels are off. That's called an ACE test, A-C-E. My mother lost her battle to this disease nearly 20 years ago. At the time when she was diagnosed, there was very little information out. But since then, we are working very hard to continue to provide good, solid information to help people who may be newly diagnosed with this disease. Clinical research is also ongoing. So what can you do to help during this month and during the year? You can make sure that you talk with your own physician if you're experiencing any of the symptoms that I mentioned. You can also go to the National Heart and Lung and Blood Institute for more information. And you can also support research efforts like those from the Bernie Mac Foundation. Thank you so much for your time and listening boom thank you uh this is leticia i love your voice i was like oh she has her own psa's yeah uh that's a tank it's just leticia up, up. this is leticia is not what she said well just leticia. as far as i'm concerned you are leticia this is leticia i love mm-hmm. you girl uh but yeah thank y'all uh and uh yeah no problem don't mind spreading the word we don't hot fire last one this is from prince laurent he says what's going on rod and karen i have really enjoyed the fallout from the comedy central tweet the asian americans at my school have been very open with having discussion on the topic the comment i left for one episode was not my own thoughts but points that they felt needed to be expressed oh okay okay so you basically pulled a suey park on us 
so there wasn't even your own thoughts bro you just gonna write the show with somebody else thoughts because you thought that would be what's hot in the streets like we don't have asian listeners like we don't have people that 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 could that if they felt they need to back up they could back her up out of a real place and not some devil advocate shit huh prince Laron? Hmm? they do feel that asians are the prototypical target for insensitive jokes and cobell confirmed it uh the debate stayed uh particularly on topic and did not follow the path of the hashtag cancel cobell feel down uh i kind of felt like rod the way i was mediating the talks then i taught upon the some tbgwt knowledge and play asian girls for everyone to hear it was over after that it was refreshing and a little weird to witness debates that didn't even feel like that it was going to pop off Oh, I did not miss the irony that white people were comfortable discussing a racial word that involved Asians in a place where Asians are largely represented, but they have stayed away from all of the black topics. What do you mean? White people. What is he talking about? The irony that white people were comfortable discussing a racial issue that involved Asians in a place where Asians are largely represented, but they stayed away from all. Oh, okay. I see what he's saying. The forum, wherever he held this debate at his school or whatever. Mm-hmm when black shit pops off they don't have a black people forum to talk about black issues Mm-mm. but for this asian shit they were okay with that yeah um you know there's a lot of overlap man with this shit with the whole so when this group's in trouble everybody cares when that group's in trouble nobody gives a fuck um, um and i think the asian thing is more of a historically they've been seen as the minority group that will take it so I understand that, but for the record, it's weird to me that they pick Colbert mm-hmm. because to me, this isn't an example of that because he's done too much shit about too many other groups to pick this group to have this stand on. Over the course of a very long time. Like to me, this almost makes you look more selfish and racist because it's like, well, I didn't mind Colbert making jokes about you people. Yep. Black people, Latinos, uh, like, I, I mean, I didn't Southern mind nerves. that. Also, I didn't care about the context because context matters when he's talking about y'all. But when he's talking about us, then fuck context. You know, so in a way, it's almost worse to me that, mm-hmm. that they're picking and choosing this shit. Cause if you pick another target, like say Bill O'Reilly said something about Asian people one day, it's like, huh, well, we do get mad at Bill O'Reilly when he talks about black people, so makes sense to say to keep it going for Asians. As opposed to we never ever ever have any problem with Stephen Colbert. But then he says something about Asians. And guys, that's too far. And if he wants to talk about Native Americans, he wants to talk about black people, wants to talk about he wants to do No problem with that. He wants to do that skit where he uh has the spray tan and he has Las Chicas and does everything in Spanish. Completely fine. No one thinks that's racist. Mm-hmm. But the second he says anything about Asian people, we got to get them off the air. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't seem authentic to me. Mm-mm. Also, the show has been spectacular for the last couple of months. The show has always been great, but you niggas have taken it to the next level. I think Rod and Karen might be on a type of podcast PEDs. Bronco Pride, Prince Laurent. Thank you, sweetie. Thanks, Prince Laurent. Um, and uh, yeah, we definitely try to do our best work. Um, we do. So thanks to everybody who's listening. All the people who wrote in, the people who donated, the people who gave us five star reviews, couldn't do this show without you guys. You sure couldn't. And uh, I definitely enjoy, um, you know, doing the show, um, and I appreciate all y'all so much. 
uh big week coming up this week tomorrow we have the ladies from whiskey water moonshine uh tuesday return to dumb thrones and return to patrice yes i think a lot of people are excited about that like people are hitting us up like we don't like we're gonna forget to do it and it hasn't been confirmed yet but hopefully wednesday we'll have um andy and randolph from uh three guys on so big week coming up man so some of people's favorite uh podcast is coming on the show and uh hope you guys all enjoy it uh we'll be back uh tomorrow um at 10 a.m until then i love you love you too baby